0: Today on The Breakdown, when you play daily fantasy sports, there's a thing you can do where you get the same players from the, the same team. You get like the quarterback and the wide receiver and the tight end all from the same team, and it's called a stack. It's because that way, if one of them does well, they all do well. And it's a, it's a pretty popular strategy among serious players, things like that. Well, guess what, people? We're not doing fantasy football here, but we are doing the $25,000 Super High Roller event from the millions... Uh, I don't know where they were. They're somewhere in Russia. It's hard to know, but they're far away from wherever I'm recording. It's somewhere in North America, I see, actually. It's unclear. Canada, perhaps? Anyway, (laughs) it's a big buy-in. There's almost $300,000 up there for first place, and the table is, and this was the whole point of the opening, stacked. That's right. We've got our own stack of players here. Everybody's good Everyone's a big name, pretty much. We have guys like Isildur. That's right. Victor Blom is here. Neil Farrell is here. Chance Corneth is here. Darren Elias is here. Anthony Zeno is here. I could go on and on. I might. Victor Randon is here. It just keeps on coming. Actually, a guy who's going to be involved in this hand, Mark McConnell, is uh, is here. And he, If you remember him from a breakdown from a few years ago, he's one of the most insane players I've ever seen. He does absolutely nutty stuff. And uh, he brings a crazy image, which is going to play into this hand. So let's get into it right now on The Breakdown with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. Hey,
1: well, you can call us a lot of stuff, but you can call us stupid. You can call us ugly. But you can't call us unprepared, Canyon Jonathan.
0: <laughs> Why do <are> you say? Because <laughs> I don't know where it is.
1: You don't know where I it know. is. His it's name is Mark <laughs> McDonald, not Mark McConnell.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I. You know, this is this is the the downside of just winging it every single opening, which is you know, as you know, that's what I'm doing. We we did a previous version of this opening, which we recorded, but your cats had some massive fight or something like that, and you had to go deal with it. And I was talking about. S- creating a sandwich and how you have to create a sandwich and the pickles that go into it. This time I won fantasy football instead. Everything is, you know, it's we're doing it live every time on this show. That's what I'm saying. So, yeah, there's going to be mistakes. Mistakes were made. I mean, there's no question about it.
1: Yeah, sure. But (laughs) what I'm saying is now people know exactly how unprepared we are. (laughs) You're like, maybe it's in Russia. I don't know.
0: (laughs) It doesn't matter where it is. They're at a poker table. Isn't that all that matters? Who cares where it is? It's a super high roller event somewhere in the world. I thought it was in Russia because it, it said C dollars, and now I realize that's Canadian dollars. Looking back now, it's Canadian dollars.
1: So you thought for some reason in Russia the currency was called C dollars?
0: Well, I didn't know if it was Russia, but I know the Party Poker Millions had a, uh, a thing in Sochi, so I thought Russia was a good guess when I was just sort of making it up as I went. And then I saw it said Kanawanawaki, and I didn't know where that was, so I decided it was probably in Europe or something. And then I looked and I saw it said uh, North America. And I realized it must be in Canada. And that's how we got to this place. Now, I will once again point out that every other podcast pretty much in the world would cut, this, cut these mistakes right out and no one would know they exist or they would redo it. Everybody else. I have another podcast that I do now, and I'm cutting out all those mistakes in those. But in this podcast, we do it live.
1: Yeah, and that's where the secret spices come in. Exactly. That's where the joy comes from.
0: It's the, it's the 57 herbs and spices that uh, makes it all sing. Yes. And uh, clearly,
1: the world (laughs) could probably learn a lesson from what you said about how it's a poker table and doesn't matter
0: where it is. Yeah. Thank you, Grant. No. We're all just poker tables and it doesn't matter where we are, right? That's the lesson. We're all poker tables. (laughs) 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 If you think
1: about it, I have legs.
0: You have legs? Yes, you do. Yes, you do have legs, Grant. I have hair. Yes, you do. Not everyone has legs, though, and maybe that's that's a little offensive that you said.
1: That might be. I also have hair, which not everybody has. Nope. Although most
0: people have hair somewhere.
1: The felt can be
0: the hair. What is happening now? The felt (laughs) can be the hair. We're all poker tables. Do you understand? (laughs) Think about it from a universal humanity point of view, okay? It's about giving to each other and taking from the weak... I
1: think that's, that's poker, uh, right? Was that Bertrand Russell who said that? What'd you say? Was that Bertrand Russell who said that?
0: I don't know who Bertrand Russell is, but he sounds like a cool dude. One of the great philosophers of yeah, all time. Yeah, yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Great philosopher this. Socrates. Eris, Eris Nerdle. I don't know anyone's name. <laughs> it's all the same to me. I'm busy talking about... <laughs> everyone is a is a piece of furniture, and you're over here... You know, invoking the the greats, and I don't know why. See, so you're, you're in the presence of greatness.
1: You're showing the world right now why we have problems in the world today. You I know the eighth, you know the eighth man off the bench on the Utah Jazz, but you don't know who Socrates is, man.
0: I don't know what any of that meant. The eighth man off the bench on the Utah Jazz, what does that have to do with knowing who Socrates is?
1: This is why it is a problem. Anyway, let's, OK, let's move along away Woo. from this. Discussion. It's
0: quarantine living people. This is this is what happens when you're all by yourself for for a really long time. You lose your head a little bit and that's that's me. I'm all by myself. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's dangerous for pretty much everybody when Jonathan gets bombed yeah. up. So, it's good that he's stuck inside actually. It's probably safer that way
0: for some. But for I don't the know microbes. if the players
1: are safe at the stacked table. Oh, the it is it is
0: flying. it is a tough table. I guess most of these 25k events are often like the very first table might not be too bad because you're going to get some whales in there but man probably pretty quickly it just gets rough you know
1: yeah and so. uh, this, this hand was suggested by somebody who might consider you to be their nemesis and that would be Max Sawyer
0: oh yeah I don't know if he considers me to be his nemesis but that dude is my nemesis for sure like he is the joker to my two-faced <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying
1: I, is that canon <laughs> <laughs> anyway max suggested this on twitter we yep. are the poker guys on twitter at two poker guys he included a youtube link and time it that's what you have to do when you suggest a hand for the breakdown we love your suggestions please send them in
0: keep them coming people
1: yeah and if it's not on youtube it's on poker go that's fine too you can suggest that as well we just won't be able to make a video about it it'll just be a podcast only hand
0: yeah but since you listen to this podcast you get it yeah you understand you get it
1: and Everyone's now you understand the that the blinds are 15k and 30k. Okay. And uh, this hand's gonna. Everybody has about 30 blinds in this hand. This hand's gonna start with Neil Farrell, who is a very good player. He's. You know, you're of, not
0: pronouncing uh, his name right. It's Nile Farrell.
1: That's probably offensive. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> Neil Farrell has 1.1 million in his stack, and he's under the gun. He's gonna open five six of clubs. This is a Neil Farrell type thing to do, even at a stack table. Sure. I mean, most people aren't going to open this who are good players under the gun, right?
0: I mean, I don't know if that's true anymore. I think, you know, 30 blinds, most of the, the good players often think they're the best players. They're trying to have wide ranges, wi- widening and covering the board level ranges and stuff like that. And I think a lot of them are going to open 5-6. 30 blinds makes it a little tougher, but it isn't like everyone's got 15 blinds. You know, you're not going to get that many, like, reshoves or anything. Yeah. I think a lot of them are going to open 5-6 of clubs.
1: Maybe so. Well, it folds to Anthony Zinno, another really good player in the cutoff. Yeah.
0: Anthony Zinno, who like kind of came on like, like crazy recently, in the last few years anyway, winning WPTs left and right. Did he win three WPTs in one season? I think he may have.
1: Was that like 2017 or something?
0: Something like that. I don't have that in front of me. But what do you think his, over, his career earnings are? Because I do 10, have that in front of me. $10 million-ish. That is almost exactly right. It's, it's creepily right and makes me wonder if you've looked. I did not. Uh, Ten point one four million dollars. You know, so nice that was job.
1: Pretty lucky guess.
0: Yeah, but, you know. But I mean, but that really says something because that's not a guy I had ever heard of. And even when I hear of him, I think of him really just being as that WPT guy. But ten million dollars, ninety second all time on the money list, and he's playing the twenty five K. He's legit, and people like respect him for sure. Yep. So. so
1: already a tough hand. Then we got a guy named Gerald who we have no idea anything about him,
0: but. Right. He's, he's a this young
1: guy too. playing a 25 K makes it Special less likely that he's just a rich guy when he's young and playing this
0: level. I mean, sometimes it's his parents' money.
1: True. Just it less happens. likely. We see, we I mean, I'm not like saying that. I'm not saying it's impossible. It's just less likely.
0: Yeah, that's right. So that's
1: he's, right. and the way he plays the hand makes me think he might be a pro also.
0: Me too. Me too. Um, he feels pro ish.
1: He's in the small blind. He's got 1.1 million. Same as Neil Farrell. And he has two nines, nine of spades, nine of diamonds, And this is usually a flat in most situations. But when it's Neil Farrell opening and the blind stacks are like this, do you think he should consider maybe three betting and and never folding?
0: I think he absolutely should consider three betting here. I don't know if he should three bet, but I think it should be a strong consideration. There's already a lot of skis out there, right? I mean, a lot of skis. Yeah, a lot of jizzle. I got to be careful with that one. A lot of drizzle, a lot of drizzle out there. Let's just
1: stop with what, all of whatever you're
0: doing. you <laughs> <laughs> living, baby. Uh, I mean, there's what, 65K, 65K, and then all the money. Uh, so that's pretty good is what I'm saying. Like, we could increase our stack. If Let's say, say we move in right now. And I'm not saying we should move in, but like considering it. We move in right now, everybody folds, which is a perfectly good result, obviously. We increase our stack like 20%. Just like zip, zang, zoom, right? Like there's like 200K in there. It's really kind
1: of amazing. And yeah, but is, is nines the hand you want to do that with? I mean, it doesn't matter what his
0: hand is when you're making all these points, right? Um, I disagree. It, it Nines do matter. Nines can get called and you can win. You know, you can be ahead, I should say. Of course you can win, but you can be ahead when you when you have two nines and do this, right? It doesn't have to only be a bluff. We can move in for value in that like, we can get called by a few worse hands. Not, not a whole lot, admittedly. And it's close. This comes down to how, wide do we think Neil Farrell is really, right? I mean, yeah. that's, that's the whole question. He is opening under the gun. So I would default to just calling here. The problem, of course, with just calling is we mostly lose this hand when we just call. Out of position. We're inviting the, the big blind to come into. We're usually going to be four ways. It's going to be really hard to win this hand if we don't flop a set. So we're mostly just set mining. And when we're this short, it kind of sucks to do that. I'm not saying we shouldn't do it, but it sucks. It does. So it's kind of like bad. Both options are not great.
1: Obviously, we can't fold.
0: Folding seems the dumbest move of all. Um, It can't be that bad to just call, though. Like, so we call and we check fold. Like, so what? Like, it doesn't cost us that. It costs us a lot of flops that we
1: can continue on that we don't need a set to. Like, we can continue on low boards. We can continue if we make, like, reasonable gut shots or open-enders.
0: Okay. I mean sure, but then you know, we continue on the flop and then means we put more chips in and then we have to fold the turn of the river a lot, right? Like Neil's got his under the gun range. There's a lot of boards he's just gonna keep firing on, you know, because he's like, Well, I have a massive range advantage here. You know. Now maybe that I don't I don't know how much how inclined he is to give up, especially if it's gonna be four ways. Maybe he's gonna not bluff as much. Maybe the plot pot will be a bit more protected. But like we could call because we feel like we just have to call on the on certain flops and then fold and lose even more chips. Like that's going to happen a fair amount. That just sort of sucks.
1: Right, but that's just how poker has to be played sometimes, yeah. right?
0: No, and I agree. I agree. I'm just saying there's there's more of a down. Like saying we 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 can call sometimes isn't always a good thing. That's all. Like it's, I mean, we call because we think it's plus EV to call. So I guess it is a good thing, but it's not it's not like a great spot a lot where we're going to be calling out of position with two nines unless we actually hit a nine. It's mostly going to be rough rough goal yeah
1: i suppose that's true but he decides to call and i think that's probably what i would have ended up doing as well when Farrell opens under
0: the gun um i think that's probably true if i'm actually at this table with these guys maybe i just move in because i'm like it's gonna be so hard to play these guys post-flop i'm just gonna like i have a reasonable hand who cares let's go but
1: i mean but gerald i mean gerald and neil are the biggest stacks in the hand and they they have closer to 40 blinds than 30 blinds Also, oh yeah
0: that does change it a little bit it's true show has like 35 blinds or something is that right they have 1.1 million each. Oh yeah, even a little more. Thirty cent. That that feels like really. That's a big. That's a lot to put in there. Yeah. So we could, like you said, we could squeeze and not fold, or we can call. Those are only two options. We can't squeeze and fold. That seems like the worst of all with this hand, right?
1: It does. And he decides just to call. I think yeah. that's probably
0: the right decision. I would do that, but I would feel I'd feel like a little bad about it. And just wondering if am I just weak? Am I just a weak person? You know. That's, what well, that's a different myself.
1: question that we can address off the podcast. I don't think you're going to want to hear have the audience hear what I have to say about that.
0: I don't want the audience to hear it, but I think you should tell me right now what you think the answer is.
1: I think that there are a lot of different people in the world who have different qualities. They're like little like uh, little meters that that represent the different qualities that people have. Like there's like intelligence versus stupidity, and like yeah. you, you fall somewhere in there, and and then there's like you know fast versus slow and like there's like weak versus strong and you yours is like the lowest it can possibly be on them on the meter. But that's okay. So
0: so you're saying you think like but my other meters like compensate for that though. So like I may be super weak but like I'm extra handsome or extra smart or extra funny or extra something like that. Right. Is that what you're saying?
1: I'm saying in an ideal world, if the world were ideal which I'm not saying it is.
0: Much like the way if in, someone like loses, a, loses an arm, their other arm gets stronger, right? Or you, you and get blind, your sense of taste increases like 5x.
1: In an ideal world, everybody's meters would add up to be the same.
0: Yeah. Like, yeah.
1: I don't believe we're in an ideal world. That's all I'm going to say about
0: that. So, oh, so you think it's... Wow, that, I'm taking that as a compliment, actually. Yeah. Thank you. Like, you're saying I don't just... Compen- I'm not just compensating. I'm actually like over i might be past that that's one way you could take it movie star good looks yep, unbelievable personality you can't spend enough time with that guy it's too good the humor is off the damn charts he's crazy smart okay he's a little bit weak (laughs) that's (laughs) a guy i want to know that sounds like elon musk except handsomer and funnier and probably a little smarter all right you know what i'm glad we did this publicly this feels
1: good that is one way to take it. All right. So anyway, Gerald decides to call.
0: Oh, yeah. He's got two nines, and he calls from the small blind.
1: I guess he's weak also.
0: And uh, <laughs> I wasn't saying I was weak. I was just asking myself. If
1: I, was ah, weak. I see. Mark McDonald is in the big blind. He is less known than the Neil Farrell and yeah. Anthony Zinno, but he's a good player, and he is has a reputation for being a guy who bluffs a lot.
0: Yes. He bluffs so much that when... He got check raised back in the Australian uh, Aussie millions back in the day in the main event with like four left or five left. He had like bottom pair. He had like six. He'd open six <laughs> twos under the gun or something. No, it was
1: six. It was six four spades. I remember this. And okay. they were like
0: he, flopped a, he flopped a six, got check raised and, and called. And the board was like not a great board. It wasn't it was like, a, oh, super wet. You know,
1: it was ace high, I think.
0: And he's just like, yeah, like, I don't believe you. And he won the hand with just without improving. And it was like, wow. Yep. Anyway, he's so he, he knows his image is that of a crazy person, which is, of course, very helpful.
1: Yep. And he's got one million in front of him. He's got seven four spades. He's going to call out of the big blind. Seems reasonable. Cool. Pot's going to be 260K. And uh, now I'm going to talk about Nitrogen Sports.
0: Okay, I think you should.
1: Okay. It is a website. Uh, yes. That is step one. Step two, it is a website where you can play poker. Okay. Step three is if you use the link in the description of this podcast, when you sign up to play the poker on nitrogen sports, you get access to the greatest tournament that ever happens in the world. Well, at least the one that repeats happening in the world. It happens every month. It is Are the you poker guys monthly tournament,
0: the greatest iterated value in tournament history.
1: It might be. It really it might,
0: might be. be. It might be.
1: I mean, this is the deal. It's a tournament where in order for them to hit the guarantee, they would have to have 1000 buy-ins. And for one reason or another, <laughs> The field is capped at 300. (laughs) And by the way, they don't ever hit 300. We haven't hit 300. In in quarantine, we've gotten up to like 180 a couple times. Yeah,
0: we've never even hit 200.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So that means that there is just an 80 plus percent overlay just sitting there. It means you can be the worst player that you have ever met and know it and enter this tournament and you're probably, you have to be plus EV still just with the overlay, right? You just have to be.
0: I would think so. I would think also since you listen to this podcast, you are not the worst player you've ever met. It seems incredibly unlikely that you are unless you accidentally you know, found this podcast just now because otherwise you just can't be the worst player you've ever met. You, you're better than a lot of people. You almost have to be by, by, uh, you know, by, by the laws of nature, basically. This is, <laughs> it's, of an, nature. it's an unbelievable spot. It's crazy not to play it. Everyone should be playing it. It costs less than a dollar The overlay is incredible. Free money. Why why wouldn't you do it?
1: You've got to use the link. Also, we've been running these uh, special tournaments in Nitrogen that are mimicking uh, our local poker club in Portland during quarantine, and they've been a lot of fun. They're running every day, uh, noon and 7 p.m. Pacific time is when they start. They're like a $40 buy-in on the noon weekdays, and the weekend we get a little bigger one with $125 buy-in on Saturday. And they're really fun. We've been having a good time. The structures are incredible for online poker.
0: The structures are like... ridiculous for online poker. Um, For the Saturday and Sunday noon tournaments, which are the big ones, which are like $125 buy-in, the equivalent of anyway, because of course it's in Bitcoin. It's 30-minute levels. And the structures are slow moving also in terms of like how they progress. And so... Like we got, when we were playing uh, like six-handed, I think we were all like, like the, the, the lowest stack was like 45 blinds, which you just never get to. When I say six-handed, I mean six-handed at the final table. Like you just never have that. It's always, everyone's short. Everyone's like, oh, we made a deal because no, no one had more than seven blinds or no one had more than 15 blinds. And instead it's like, oh no, like we were three-handed and you know, it's like 60 blinds, 70 blinds, 80 blinds. It's, it's really cool.
1: Yep. So now is a great time to get on Nitrogen. Use the link.
0: Don't be right. a dink.
1: So the pot's 260 K <laughs> and uh, I'm going to remind you of the player's hands because the only hand that's not going to connect with this flop at all is Anthony Zinos. He has King Jack of clubs, yep. but Neil Farrell's got five, six of clubs. Mark McDonald has seven, four of spades and Gerald has two nines. And uh, the flop is four, five, six rainbow, four of diamonds, five of hearts, six of spades. So top two for Neil Farrell, bottom pair and an open under for McDonald and an over pair for Gerald. And this is uh, one of those flops that you were talking about that like you almost don't want to see as Gerald, but you are kind of happy to see when you have two I'm, lines in this situation.
0: I mean, we're just like, well, this is one of those flops. where, we're, Yeah. Like we're just going to have to put some chips in almost always and see what happens. I don't know.
1: You're almost hoping that like Farrell continues and Zeno raises. So you can be like, okay, I fold,
0: you know? Um, that would be one of the, one of the good outcomes. I guess. I don't I, yeah, I guess you're right, because we, we have to focus Feral. Um, or like Feral continues, we call, and then like the big blind shoves or something like that, and then we can like, and then Feral folds so we can call. You know what I mean? And it's like, all right, well, you can have a pair and an open ender or just a draw or whatever. Like, it can't be that bad. Let's go, you know.
1: Well, well none of that happens. Here's what happens. Everybody checks. So Let's talk uh-huh. about this. Um, yeah. Gerald and Mark McDonald, they both have hands that if they decided to have a leading range on this board, they could lead. Uh, but it would be unconventional for them to lead, right? It's not that unusual
0: to see them check. I mean, four ways, right? Or four ways. Yeah. And the board is, I mean, the board is four, five, six. I think it's pretty. It's not weird at all for someone to lead on this board. Well, do you think for one that, of the? For, sorry, do you think ahead? that
1: either Gerald or Mark has a hand that should be leading on this board?
0: Um, I think both of them have hands. They they could be leading on this board. I don't know about should probably some of the time they should be leading on these boards. Like they both have hands that they could in theory decide to go with. Right?
1: Yeah. I think Mark has more of a hand that he should lead on this board than than Gerald because you know Mark blocks bottom set and he has a hand that has equity against all of the hands that have him crushed. Whereas Gerald when Gerald is crushed he's really, really crushed, you know?
0: That is absolutely correct. That is very true. And and I, I agree with you as a result. Um, but I could see Gerald not wanting it to check through. It's often going to check through. And then every, you give the whole world a free card. That seems really bad with nines. Like, right, so what's a good card for you on the turn if you're Gerald? Besides I mean, a do, nine.
1: That's fair. But what do you do if you're Gerald and you bet and Neil raises?
0: Um, we may
1: have to fold. What do you do if Neil calls and the turns a deuce?
0: We probably
1: check... And then, if Neil bets two thirds pot.
0: Now he's got to have a three in his hand to do that. I mean, we probably call.
1: Okay. And forget the deuce. It's a four. Yeah.
0: Okay. That's better. Um, we probably check anyway if it's a four. We probably then, have to check. If, well, once we're called, especially by the end of the gun range, we probably just have to check.
1: And then Neil bets. What do we do?
0: I'm mean, going to guess we're going to call a lot because he can have two sevens and two eights. Um, but it's not good. No, this seems... is one of the problems with playing nines like this. It's it's going to be hard, but yeah, I think but there's also but like but checking and it's like this is a, this is exactly the kind of board that is a really good candidate that Neil would check. Now it turns out with his hand, you might change your mind on that since he actually flops stop too. But most of the time, his range is like even if he gets two aces, he might check this board four ways. You I know? mean, that's
1: a good reason to check if you're Gerald. Then, in my opinion, explain that because. It makes it easier to play on the on the turn, and like we might we actually get to see the turn most of the time like Zinno's if Zeno bets, we can call and see what see what Neil does. if Zeno doesn't bet, then we know what cards are part of Neil's range that we're worried about, and like sure, all the overcards are bad, but we've only put two blinds in
0: this pot. It's not a huge deal okay, counterpoint almost every card in the turn is bad for us when we're four wastes. It's, like, really hard to come up with a card that isn't a nine that we feel good about coming on the turn. Like, really. A deuce, okay, but there's four to a straight. A three, now there's four to a straight. Four, five, or six pairs the board. A seven, there's four to a straight. An eight, there's four to a straight. A nine, okay, that's a good card. Every other card is an over card. Like, literally, any card but a nine is problematic four ways. I think... So, giving I everyone think- a free... I don't think checking through is a good outcome for us.
1: I think it's not so bad. I mean, like, I think... It, all these decisions with nines are like trying to find a lesser evil because yeah. they're they're all tough. Yeah. But I feel like leading is like overvaluing equity denial at this point. And like, it's, it's definitely feels like a minus EV. Like those chips are minus EV for us right there. I
0: mean, dude, whatever we're doing, as you're saying is minus EV. So like yeah. checking is also minus EV, even though technically, you know, whatever, but like, like we're giving away equity by checking too. I think, I think the lesser evil is probably leading here. Um, with the hope of taking it down right now and then figuring it out if we get raised, like based on our opponents, you know, and if we get called again based on our opponents, we're gonna have to make some decisions and that sucks, but that's the deal. I, I don't think we can give the whole world a free card here.
1: I feel a lot more I'm really comfortable concerned checking. About it. I feel I just feel a lot more comfortable checking and like being willing to check fold on bad turns. It seems like we don't need to put ourselves in that position. And well, let me ask you if you actually were in this spot, would you lead?
0: I don't know. I'm not sure,
1: have you ever in a spot yes. like this, yeah, with nines with a hand like nines
0: um yeah, i have um i but i don't but not often, certainly not often, but I'm trying to lead more by the way, I feel like leading is good and not done enough, and especially when it looks like the board is often going to check the the hand is going to check through on the on a particular street, and I have a hand that i wouldn't want I wouldn't want it to check through if i was like if I was on the button and everyone checked to me, would I check no, so i mean i know it's a slightly different situation we have a lot more data on the button but still like it's going to be tough no matter what And i think leading might be the lesser of two evils here
1: yeah i disagree i go the other way i mean yeah are you imagining leading against good players or bad players when you're imagining leading like imagine if it was like me and and max young and like these are portland players and and i would feel
0: better about leading against you guys i think than against against bad players.
1: Well, we're more more likely to give you false information than the bad players.
0: Right. So I can play my hand more for its value against you guys. Against bad players, I'm off. they're going to play more face up anyway and I can like make better decisions just by checking and seeing what they do. If you're going to give false information, to me checking isn't going to help me that much. Um, but by me by you actually putting chips in the pot, like I can deny equity. That's something positive that's happening here.
1: I I'm, I'm just I'm a little worried about the range that you're getting action from in general.
0: I'm mean, me too, me too. It's problematic, no question about it. But we could also sort of look at the pot and look at our, our hand and say, like, maybe I'm just gonna have to go broke here. You know, I mean, not every time, depending on the action. But maybe I'm just gonna have to go broke against some of these players. You know, like, like, you know, because like, if someone has two sevens, they might decide to put pressure on me. If someone has seven four suited. They might just, des- or six, seven suited, they might decide to put pressure on me. You know? I
1: mean, are we, are we going with it if McDonald raises if we lead?
0: I don't know. Um, McDonald is maybe the guy who we're, in, I mean, he's like the most yes and the most no, meaning like his range, this, this hits his range the best of everybody, but he's also the guy most likely to bluff. But is he really going to bluff four ways? Seems unlikely. I feel like so. you
1: have to throw it away, even though he's got a bluffy image. Like this, the story is too good. It, that it, it, it is, probably
0: is true. It is a really good story, um, and he would probably call with like his one pair and straight draws. So he probably time. wouldn't feel the need to raise them. You know, maybe his exact hand is different because it's the bottom pair. But I'm thinking like if he has like seven six, sorry, uh, yeah, seven six. So he has top pair and an open ender. He's probably just going to call with that if we bet, right? He's probably unlikely to go crazy. So it would just be like a naked seven, which he can have, I guess, a lot of. but uh, Maybe an eight once in a while.
1: One last Is he really going to raise
0: with guys behind him, though? Unlikely.
1: One last question about the idea of leading
0: it with nines okay.
1: here. Does this mean that any, any hand that we have that likes this
0: board we're leading with? Great question. I think there are some hands where we don't have to be as afraid of the situation. There's some hands that are naturally going to be stronger and, and not have as many like turn cards to fear this hand specifically. There's as, as I laid out, like pretty much every single card in the deck is problematic for us, especially at a position four ways, which isn't true for a bunch of, well, not a bunch, but some of our other hands, like if we flop two pair, if we have a set, uh, clearly we have to lead with some of this really strong hands too. Right.
1: And I was just going to ask, like, doesn't that make us way too obvious? And like, we always have medium strength value when we lead.
0: Well, we don't have that much though. Like, I mean, we don't have that many medium pocket pairs, really, right? We have like sevens, eights, and nines. That's probably it. I would guess. You know, so like, also, by the way, sevens and eights have more going for them in terms yeah. of like cards that are coming. So have a little less to protect, although it's still not great. Don't get me wrong. I could see leading with those too. I don't like leading in any of these spots. It's uncomfortable. But we may just have to go with, we may just have to do it, man. Like, we're going to check. I mean, what is our plan? Okay, so we've been talking about how, how rough it is if we lead. And I agree with most of your points that, like, range-wise, if we put a lot of chips in, it's often problematic. When called, it's problematic. Um, but what's our plan if it checks through and people start betting the turn? What's our plan if um, Farrell bets into three players? We're just going to call, and then he bets again on the turn. We're just going to call anyway? Like, what are we doing here?
1: I think mostly, if Farrell bets into three players, Zeno folds. We yeah. call. Okay. We mostly fold if he bets again.
0: That's so, just so like because like, kind of every card in the deck except for a nine is going to be bad for us. So we're just going to fold if he bets twice. Period. So that, I mean, he that bet seems into,
1: problematic. Maybe we can call against Neil Farrell specifically, but mostly I would default towards folding the second. Yeah. Bet and. This is like the Ed Miller book, right, that you, that you love. Like, you have to have some hands that you call the flop with and fold the turn with. You just have to, or else you're not playing
0: balanced good poker. Sure, okay. But situationally, we can put ourselves not in this position, which is kind of cool. Like, isn't that nice?
1: I like this position better than the leading position.
0: I understand that. But I guess I'm not convinced that, that, that one is clearly better than the other. I know you are, but I think... I wonder, at least, if you just have a default to really like. How often do you donk? Like, not that you don't often. Really donk in multiway pots, right? Um, I don't either. To be clear, yeah,
1: not not super often,
0: right? So I think we both default to this like we shouldn't donk thing because and it's called donking, by the way. And you know, when people do it, mostly in the tournaments that like we've played in our lives, usually they are not. They're either they're, they're polarized. At least, let me say that. Um and polarized is the wrong word. I'm sorry. They're weak. They're they're medium, they're not polarized, actually, is their problem, right? They're like medium weak, usually yeah, like and nines. they can easily be folded out. What? Like nine, like nines. Well, nines is a hand you don't necessarily have to fold to these guys. Nines we, is actually strong enough that we don't have to fold. It feels a lot like we have to fold if we get raised. I mean, I think I think we're in trouble no matter what I think is what's really going on. And this is a really tough spot. And it but all it's sucks.
1: not trouble. not so bad if we've only put two blinds in,
0: right? Like, but we're going to call if someone bets, we're putting more than two blinds in unless it, it checks through. Not, and then we, we give blind. the whole world a free, we give the whole world a free card.
1: That might not be the case. We could save a bunch of chips in plenty of scenarios where there's a raise that happens behind us when we check. Like if there's a bet and a raise behind us, we fold and
0: we've saved yes. a bunch of chips. Yes, that is true. That's true. I mean a bunch of chips is like we save like I mean how big is the pot right now? 260k 60k. All right, if we're going to lead, what are we leading for? Let's like figure this out.
1: It's a pretty 200. wet board so like 150.
0: Yeah, something like that. Okay. So it's five blinds. It's not nothing. Um that is the that is the scenario. You're right. Where we where it goes bet raise in front of us and then we get to save chips by not putting any chips into the pot. That's nice. Um I mean, I don't know. It doesn't happen that often, but it can happen. By the way, the guy most likely to raise is the guy on our left, McDonald, right? Who would be raising after we acted anyway. So it's like, if McDonald leads, there's almost no chance Neil Farrell's going to raise, right? On this board. Like, who can raise McDonald's bet here? Like, no one. So, I'm just saying, like, that raise is... Like, we don't actually get to see this play out the way you're talking almost ever. Because if it goes check, check, and feral bets, and the, the guy who's most likely to raise is McDonald, and he's after us anyway. So we call, we're still going to have to, we'll still put chips in. And then the raise comes in, and then we have to fold, right? Based on your logic. I'm just saying, like, situationally, I don't think that ever, almost ever comes up where we check, and it goes bet raise in front of us before we act again. Almost never. I, I'm not saying never, but almost never.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's it's a rare scenario, but it is one where we get to save money. I just I feel like... <laughs> I think the difference between the way we're thinking about this is that you're so interested in protecting your equity in this pot, and I'm not super interested in protecting my equity in this pot, where we've only put in two blinds, and it's a sticky, tricky situation. I'd rather default towards the thing that is less likely to have me put in a ton of chips against ranges that have me in trouble.
0: Well, we don't have to put in a ton of chips, right? We can just put in some chips and make decisions after we put in some chips. This is why right, again, I asked
1: you the question about the good players thing cuz like if you get raised this is a garbage spot you hate your life right when you lead and only because it's good players if it's bad players you it's an easy fold most of the time right,
0: right. okay yeah. good yeah see that's why I don't I see against bad players it's it's um it's super straightforward I'll give you that right against good players we we probably have to default more to calling because if we get raised not just auto fold
1: which seems bad. Like, I feel like we're getting crushed by range.
0: Like it's just not a good scenario. It's not a great scenario. I agree. I agree. If we're planning on check calling anyway, though, can it really be that we're we're not getting raised very often. Like there's just not that much post flop raising, especially in a four way pot. There just isn't now. I and so I don't know. I mean, I, I admit I don't have good plans for this hand in this spot. This is a very difficult spot. No matter what, partially because we engineered this by calling pre flop instead of putting in the squeeze, but I understand why we did that too. And I would probably default to doing that. But this is sort of that, like I'm going to play a pretty good hand in a very passive weak way and throw it away most of the time. And it sort of sucks.
1: Yeah. That's how you have to play some hands sometimes. I mean, I, I know it sucks, but I think I feel like there's no way around it from time to time.
0: Well, it'd be cool to like figure out ways around it though, right? And but
1: leading is I, not that, right? I mean, like we're still gonna play I'm, it.
0: I'm wondering though if donking here is a way around this where we can if we make more chips in the long run, even though yes, there's some sticky situations and maybe we're gonna have to fold and lose some chips sometimes, if we make more chips in the long run by leading here rather than checking. Because that's the only real question. It isn't like how bad are the situations. It's like if we make reasonable decisions. What gets us more chips in the long run? I don't know the answer to this question.
1: To be, clear. I think we're in a minus EV spot, like you were saying before. So I think the bigger question is what loses us fewer chips in the long run.
0: Fair enough. I mean, that's really sort of the same question, right? It's right.
1: Just... But but the framing matters. It does matter to to how we understand the hand and, and understand what we're trying
0: to accomplish okay. here. That's fair. Um, yeah. So, I mean, we obviously win the pot way, way, way more often every time we lead. Clearly, right? Yeah. Then check. Um, but we also lose more chips when we lead, clearly, right? So I don't know how to figure this out. There's no way to know, really. We can argue about this clearly for a very long time. Yep. We can keep going. Um, I'd be curious what what y'all think about this, you, listeners. Uh, do you do you like the idea of ever leading here? Are we are you always checking? Are you checking your entire range? By the way, what forget about your entire range. Grant, what hands do you want to lead if any?
1: If I'm leading, I want to lead draws and super strong hands like and not all of them either just like i'll pick some maybe like a bottom and middle set um and and then like sevens that also have backdoor flush draws
0: Hmm. i think that's not balanced i think that's problematic balance wise i think you need, I just i'm just hearing just this just off the top of my head but i think you should probably do... I think the seven, is, the seven part of it is your problem. If um, Your problem, as if I... You know, whatever. This is my opinion, I guess. I think I'd rather be doing, like, an eight rather than a seven. So I have a gutter. Um, that I, A hand that I can very comfortably and easily throw away, is what I'm saying, um, versus the sets that I'm never throwing away. Like, the seven with a back door is, like, a little more in the middle and actually can really comfortably call, I think. Like, the eight is a hand you're rarely going to call. So, like, that's why I like leading it sometimes not all the time but like a little bit if that would be in my leading range I guess. okay
1: i mean that's that's fine with me too
0: yeah, i'm just i'm just thinking about balance with this but um yeah that's definitely a more polarized range and i like doing polarized ranges you know in the spots yeah. like this having said all of this
1: i mean like um, this is not necessarily the case or true that that this it's always indicative of a bad player but like Throughout my poker playing career, when a bad player leads into me, I'm like, oh, it's like a medium-strength hand, like middle pair type thing, and it's easy to play against. And it kind of irks me to to put those hands in my leading range when people are going to make assumptions that are correct about it. like Because it's really easy to play against if they're making a a correct assumption
0: about it. Okay, but if you're playing... Okay, but think of this. We're all playing at the table. You, me... Our friend Mitch Towner, who won the uh, Monster Stack. Max Young, who's probably the best tournament player in the Portland area. Most successful, certainly. Um, except for Ali, who's, you know, definitely the most successful. Uh, and one of us leads on this board. Are you assuming it's, it's, what, it's two nines? You're not assuming it's two nines, right? Like, it's a polarized range usually, right? Yeah. Like, it's not, it's not so obvious or easy to play against.
1: I suppose. We should move past this.
0: Yeah, <laughs> we, we should. really should. I tried a while ago and then, we, then I asked a question and I got us right back in and it. it's my. All right. So Gerald checks. That's, oh, oh it feels so good. <laughs> all of this, the first, all we've done is the flop came out and a guy checked. Yep. It's so deep into the show, <laughs> but okay.
1: See, I'd rather, I'd rather lead with a hand like McDonald's where we get to protect equity and we have so many more opportunities like, and we go with it if we get raised. We just go with it. I completely
0: understand that. Uh, I get that. We could decide to go with Gerald's also, um, but I understand what you're saying.
1: Anyway, McDonald doesn't decide to lead either, which is interesting because it it feels like a spot where maybe he should lead because, one, he gets to protect his equity. Two, he can go with it and feel totally fine about that. Three, he blocks the nuts. Four, he's the guy most likely to have the nuts or a straight of any kind. It's like pretty good. It's a pretty good spot.
0: This is a pretty darn good spot. I I think he should lead here. I think much more much more clearly, I'm with you, much more clearly than Gerald for all the reasons you just said. Uh, he can handle action. If Farrell has two aces, it's fine. Like, we have reasonable equity, especially with all the dead money in the pot anyway. Um, I mean, we're way behind. Well, way behind is not true. We're behind. Yeah. We're like 42% or something like that, right? That's okay. That's yeah, not so bad. And, you know, we're going to get full sometimes. This is another one of the spots where every time we improve, it may be hard to get action. So I like... I like doing it for that. And as you said, we block the nuts. This is definitely a better leading hand than nines. Like, this is a much easier hand to play.
1: By the way, we also have a backdoor flush draw as like a super rip cord. That's cool. Yeah. But he decides to check. I think I actually do think a lead is a better play there for mm-hmm. a battle.
0: Now, or maybe he's going to check. Maybe he's playing check raising.
1: This is something now. The next action is the thing you'll never see in a game where there aren't really, really good players. Neil Farrell, who flopped top two on this board, a vulnerable top two checks. Yeah. yeah. And that is because he knows how to play poker and he understands, but this is a board based check. He's supposed to pretty much check this board hundred percent of the time.
0: It'd be, it's, I mean, if he bets, what is he repping? Top seven, set? seven. Yeah. A set. Yeah. Like that's kind of it, right? Seven, eight suited once in a while. Like there's just not much value there. So he's like, yeah, he's checking this almost always, if not always. Yeah, When you see see him checking this hand, it feels like he's just 100% checking this.
1: Yeah, this is like maybe the most vulnerable good hand you could have, unless he can have four or five. Maybe he can have four or five suited too.
0: I I, I would guess he can, but sure, still.
1: So yeah, I mean, I I get why he's checking. I don't want to do it. I really want to bet this hand, you know?
0: I would want to bet it for sure. (laughs) I would be like doesn't gerald like gerald call from the small blind he has some medium pocket pairs that connect reasonably well here um i guess there's some sets though too although i blocked those so it's not as bad um xeno uh on the button can absolutely have like eights nines maybe even tens you know there's like eights nines and tens are out there we yeah. can try and get value from those and also eliminate some of the competition it's not so bad but of course mcdonald could be looking to check raise other people could be looking to check raise it's okay though if they check raise when we've got top two but sometimes we're in Big trouble.: yeah, but I mean, the board I mean, it's a dynamic board. things this one try. we have to go with, this one we have to go with if we bet. 100 percent. like nines is tough, this is not tough. We're just going with this.
1: So I, I kind of respect the check, even though it feels crappy, you know.
0: Yeah, I respect it too. It's, it's, it's pretty awesome, right? I mean, it's pretty hardcore. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> to do this check at this time.
1: Even despite like we, we were talking about how McDonald has a bluffy reputation, Farrell might have an even bluffier reputation, by the way.
0: I don't think that's true but they both are pretty they both have a pretty wild reputation. I think I think McDonald has like as almost as bluffy as you can get. Like there's like Benny Spindler, there's Victor Blum, and there's Mark McDonald, you know, maybe in that order.
1: I don't know, I feel like you might be
0: overestimating that. I might be. Also, I might be forgetting a few people. But you uh, if I was I would be more apt to try and pick off the McDonald bluff than the than the Farrell bluff. By the way, you keep pronouncing Neil Farrell's name wrong. It's now foul. Now foul.
1: <laughs> you forgot about now. Kevin from Poker Time.
0: Uh, he's pretty bluffy.
1: He's bluffier yeah. than any of those guys. That you mentioned. Yeah, he's, he's...
0: the buffiest of all. Yeah, that is true. That's different. That doesn't count.
1: <laughs> and then, uh, so Anthony Zinno wisely checks his king jack. Obviously, this is not the flop he was looking for.
0: No, he's you know, he's checking thinking like, you know, maybe a jack is good sometimes if I hit it. It's often going to be good. And uh, king.
1: so is? we're going to head to the turn and Neil Farrell is going to feel the pain of making the GTO board-based check and having the card come that you really don't want to see one of the cards.
0: You don't really don't want to see. Say, there's a lot of cards. You don't want to see
1: the four of hearts is one of them. So the four, four has yeah. the four is paired. Now this is bad.
0: It's not horrible, but it's bad.
1: I mean, you were just talking about how likely it is to see medium pocket pairs in this situation, right?
0: Yeah, I was. Yeah. I mean a seven or an eight is worse, I think, it than is. a four, but I will grant you that a four is bad. A three is a three is worse. A four is still one of the worst cards we can say. It's in the you know the worst 40% of cards.
1: It's way, way, way higher than that. <laughs> I
0: don't know. There's a lot of sevens and eights and threes, man. Maybe deuces even. Those are all those are all worse. Okay. But, well, that there's only thirteen cards. If we, if we say sevens, eights, deuces and threes, that's that's almost a third of the deck right there. Bro.
1: It's not it's not. I don't count I don't count the Deuce of Spades or the Seven of Clubs. Oh, sick. Yeah. And it is prejudice, and I don't apologize for it. Wow. Yeah. At least you're out there with it. Anyway, so what this four that. means is yeah. not only that Neil Farrell hates his life, but that Gerald now has two pair and is beating Neil Farrell, but Mark McDonald has trips and is beating Gerald.
0: Yes. McConnell's like, well, I was probably when it checks through, I'm winning sometimes anyway. I don't know about probably winning, but I'm like winning a fair amount anyway. And then when the four comes, I'm winning almost always. So that's cool. Not always, but almost always. It's got to feel nice. Do you think Gerald should bet now? I think it's completely reasonable for Gerald to bet now.
1: Yep. I feel a lot better about betting now than I did about leading before.
0: Because the four paired?
1: Because we saw everybody check through.
0: And I mean, it was almost always going to check through.
1: Okay, but we also, the four pairing is, a, is one of the good cards. Like, sure, it's Trips true. gets there, but it's, it's a genuine, generally good card.
0: I think it's one of the best cards in the deck for us that isn't a nine. It may be the best card in the deck for us that isn't a nine. Turns out it's death, but still, we can't know that. Like, well, we were losing already than on the, pretty much anything else.
1: We were losing already on the flop anyway, so it's just we're losing in a different way now. Yeah, that's right. So he bets, he bets 160K. I think that's totally fine and cool. Yeah. What do you think Mark McDonald should do? Obviously the options being raise or call.
0: Yeah. I think he should probably just call here. He doesn't really have anything to be afraid of, right? Like all the straightening cards are good for him. If a seven comes, he makes a full house. He often has the best hand. If he raises, he may lose. I mean, it's going to be hard for a guy like with two nines to call when he, when McConnell raises four ways. There's maybe, deep... maybe Gerald calls anyway, because it's Mc, McDonald, but yeah. I call the McConnell, but McDonald. Um, but I would be worried, like how much your bluffy reputation really comes into play in this spot when we're, when we're multi-way, you know? So I, I like a call a little better than a raise. We also don't have a great kicker with our hand anyway. I think it calls, I think it calls best. I think so too. I mean, often we're way, way, way ahead of the table here and they can't catch up. Not always, but often.
1: So also, I market. don't mind calling and then just calling on on a lot of different rivers because Gerald certainly has full houses in his range.
0: Absolutely, uh, or and straights. Yeah. Like, but Although, he's four suited, five four suited. Yep. You no know, seven eight suited. These are all things he can absolutely have. Pocket yep. fives, pocket five, sixes.
1: So Mark does call, and now now Neil Farrell's in a spot that really sucks. Like, what do yeah. you do here? I. It feels like you kind of have to call because you have outs against almost everything and it, you're closing the action effectively because Zeno would have probably bet anything of value on the flop, right?
0: I mean, if Zeno somehow has ace four suited, he might have checked it, but that's maybe he would have, right? Um, so we don't have too much to worry about there. There's like two combos of that. Exactly. From our point of view as a uh, feral, I think we have to call like Gerald could just be taking a shot. McConnell could have a draw or even just a six or a five and be calling. We can definitely have the best hand. As you said, we can improve and almost always be ahead. We're only losing to pocket fours then if we improve. Right. Yeah. So it seems to me like we just are going to have to call here. It's not that expensive.
1: Right. But we are in the nightmare scenario where the guys do have kind of
0: what it looks like they have based on their positions. I mean, I don't think we should call again very often on the river. No, I agree. We certainly can't overcall the river. I don't think ever. Um, and probably not even like if, if Gerald bets again on the river and we don't improve, we probably have to fold. We are really rooting for it to go check, check and we turn over hand and get to win. I mean, it's a lot, but we probably have to call anyway.
1: Yeah, I think we do. Yeah. So he does, he calls and probably hates his life
0: a little bit. I mean, if that's all it takes to hate his life, then maybe he should make some changes.
1: Well, I will tell him that you said that next time we have a chat.
0: Well, well, if you were going to say his first name, how would you say it? Neil. See, that's the problem right there. Maybe that's why he hates his life so much. That's
1: how have, I have a powerful effect on him, I guess.
0: Uh, apparently, so does just putting 160,000 tournament units into the pot on the turn when he might be ahead. Apparently, that also has a powerful effect on his life. This guy's pretty emotional.
1: Sounds, it seems like it. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, Zeno folds. Makes sense. Okay. Pot 740k. Yeah. The river is a pretty good one for old Mark, Mark McDonald. If he was worried at all, he's not anymore because he makes quads. It is the four of clubs.
0: That's the nuts. Yep. So Cashews. Yes, the cashews.
1: <laughs> all right. I think the most interesting question
0: here is what should Gerald do? Yeah. Well, this is a good card for Gerald, right? Not a bad card for Gerald.
1: Because it doesn't improve any hands that would have been behind him. And if he was ahead, he's still ahead.
0: He actually does beat. He now takes the lead against a few hands that are almost never there, admittedly, like straights. He now takes the lead against a straight. You don't really expect a straight to be there. Like you'd expect McDonald to have bet a straight on the flop or to raise a straight on the turn, like almost always. So it, it probably doesn't actually matter, but. I think we should bet trying to get value out of a six or a five or pocket sevens or pocket eights. Like those hands are out there. We're going to be check calling anyway. If there's, if like somehow Farrell actually has Queens here, which clearly he can have. Um, and it checks to him and he bets. We were going to lose that bet. We lose that bet by check calling or by betting. We should be trying to get value from the slightly worse hands.
1: I think. I, okay. I'm going to check. have to, I'm going to have to question that a little bit because that's what we do here on this podcast. Yeah. If, if we bet, and uh, spoiler alert, Gerald is going to bet. He's going to bet 480K.
0: Me and Gerald, man, we're on the same page sometimes.
1: So if Mark McDonald has 6'9
0: here, yeah, you think he's going to call? I don't know. It's, it's tough for him to call with, with Neil behind him.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a fold, right? I, I mean, Gerald bet twice on this yeah, board. And I, th- I think
0: he's supposed to fold, but then, but Neil has something. And yeah, so if, he... McDonald, if McDonald folds, Neil is going to have to call a fair amount, right?
1: All right, so let me just I just want to make it explicit yeah. i I believe that McDonald is never calling with a worse hand. McDonald only so far.
0: Okay. would you agree? I don't know if McDonald has exactly sevens or eights he might call
1: expecting Gerald to have what
0: a six top full house
1: would you really bet that twice? I don't know, man, probably not. can't bet six a six twice. i would
0: i would actually i would i would probably. Yeah, he's probably only calling with better hands. I think that's a reasonable...
1: All right, decision. so McDonald's only calling with better hands. What hands are, is Neil Farrell calling with or raising with?
0: Well, he's only raising with quads and bluffs. Yep. Right? So that's good. Yep. Uh, like, if he has pocket aces, he's just calling, right? Yeah. Why would he... It'd he, be very problematic.
1: Forget. Forget I said raise. Okay, What's he great. calling with?
0: He's potentially calling with any five, any six... Really? Set pocket sevens, pocket eights.
1: I mean, McDonald's in a worse spot than him, but Gerald did bet twice into two players still. It's still the same scenario.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Like, we we think Gerald has either a bluff or we're losing, right? With almost all of those hands that, that Gerald can actually beat in real life.
0: Yeah, I think that's right.
1: And would Gerald bluff? Would you expect him to bluff here a lot?
0: Um, I think it's possible. Like, Gerald could... I wouldn't expect him... I would not expect him to bluff a lot. I mean, I mean, we don't know anything about this guy except this one hand, but I would not expect him to bluff a lot. Um, at the same point, if you don't think he's bluffing, then what are you calling with as Farrell?
1: I mean, I think we're calling with, like... We have to make distribution-based decisions
0: do in we? spots like this. Why? Why do we have to do that if you don't think he's bluffing?
1: Well, because players might do something weird like bet nines here. <laughs> like... Which is not really a bluff.
0: I mean, I think, you're, I think you're a little aware of what is actually happening and, and designing a, a solution to that. If you don't like, do you think, do you, do you just think Gerald shouldn't be betting nines? Yes. Okay. So if you don't think he should be betting nines, then why, then why, why do you think, like, I, I guess if you don't think he should be betting nines, though, like, how can you make a case for calling with tens that you can't make the same case for calling with the six? I'm sad, not saying necessarily he's
1: going to call with tens, but he's going to make distribution-based decisions. I'm not saying it's a complete okay. disaster okay, fair to
0: enough. bet fair with enough.
1: nines, but like, do you think it's? Pro- I'm asking if you think it's profitable. I my early conclusion is pretty strongly no. Like, not getting value out of McDonald for sure. That feels pretty clear. Right. And I think against Farrell, we're
0: certainly losing money. What is your plan if we don't bet? If what happens? We check. Well, okay. Someone bets. I mean, let's say McDonald bets. Feral folds.
1: I think we're probably calling.
0: Okay, but we might plan. Okay, so I think I think we probably are calling also. Uh, If we check, McDonald checks, and Feral bets. I think I'm folding. Really? Yeah. Because,
1: because I think Farrell has way too many better overpairs than me. He can comfortably bet them all, and I don't think he's betting sevens or eights.
0: Why isn't he betting sevens or eights?
1: Maybe he's betting sevens or eights, but I, I once again think he's going to make distribution-based decisions here in position, and sevens or eights are are probably too low in the distribution to value bet.
0: I, I don't. I don't entirely agree with that last statement, but. I agree that he's got all the big overpairs, but I don't know why he doesn't, I don't know why he wouldn't bet eights here or even sevens trying to get value exactly out of a six or a five, which it very much looks like his opponents have.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I feel like that's close whether he's betting sevens or eights, but he's definitely betting tens and higher.
0: I think he's betting tens and higher. I agree with that. Um, Can he have any bluffs? Let's just try and think. He can have a few bluffs, I guess, but probably not very many, right? He, his bluffs are like a seven suited, seven nine suited. That's kind of it, right? Yeah. He's not calling with pocket threes on the turn. No. Yeah, so there's very few bluffs that he can show up with here, which is problematic for us. And we still do have um, McDonald behind us. Right. If Feral bets. See, if we just jam pre-flop, we don't have to deal with any of this.
1: Yeah, then we don't get a breakdown hand, man.
0: Yeah, it's true. It's true.
1: Very contentious breakdown hand, by the way. I know.
0: You're wrong about everything. Um, I feel
1: like I'm right about everything, though.
0: Well, that's the nature of disagreement, isn't it?
1: (laughs) Yes. But I think, like, I understand where you're trying to go with this, but ultimately I think none of it matters if you can't get called by a worse hand. And I think it's very hard to get called by a worse hand when you bet.
0: I am not convinced that you're right about that. I'm not okay. I think you make a fair point that if we check in Feral bets, it's not a good spot for us. Yeah, I am not convinced at all that if we bet and McDonald folds, that Feral isn't calling with a worse hand. I'm not convinced.
1: I mean, what what is Feral like? The implicit problem here is that we have a hand with value, but we are representing a stronger hand than that.
0: Right, what are we representing in your mind? Quads. If yeah, we're not representing quads. quads are... we're, represent- we're representing the. We're representing the correct. This is this is the hand we're representing. Pretty. I much. think
1: it's like fives full, sixes full, and quads is what we're mostly wrapping when we bet
0: twice. Huh. Well, I guess those are the strongest part of our hands. I'll give you that. But then the next thing down is pretty much pocket nines, right?
1: Maybe, maybe up to Jacks. Who knows? But like, yeah, maybe. Uh, still, it's just like based on our range and getting called in two spots on the turn. I just feel like this has to be minus EV. It has to be like Farrell's going to call with tens, maybe, but probably. And like Jacks plus is starting to get like he's going to have to make the decision to call with a lot of these hands. Mm-hmm. And McDonald is is folding all the worst hands for sure. And if Farrell's only maybe calling with tens, I don't know about sevens and eights. Like, it's starting to get really problematic.
0: I mean, I assume Farrell's calling with sevens and eights. I disagree with you there. I understand we can talk about distribution. We can talk about these things. I think practically he's probably finding calls with those hands. Um, but you can make a really good counterargument to that, which is that's only two pocket pairs and all the other ones. There's there's five more that are problematic for us, let alone. Some weird stuff like sixes full, fives full, yeah, quad fours, which since he checked this flop with top two, I think he's checking with all of those things and might decide to slow play the tournament. Yep. So so that's problematic. I'll give you that. Um, I don't know, man. Like this is it's tough because one of the things about poker tournaments, it's this relentless tension between trying to protect your stack and trying to get extra value, right? Trying to get thin value. And like, here we are. These are all spots, like flop and river here are spots, like turn we agree with, but flop and river of like, how do I get value slash protect my stack the best? And what's more important in this spot? And, you know, and these are hard questions to answer. And I don't think they're super obvious.
1: I don't either, but I think first we have to ask a binary question, which is, is this a spot where I should try to get value? Because you don't have to try to get value in every situation where you might have the best hand.
0: Correct. This would play a lot easier if we were in position. Right? Obviously, if we're on the button, that's,
1: that's almost always the case.
0: Yeah, like if we're on the button and they check to us, I think we should bet. You agree with that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, good. Um, but we're not on the button. We have a lot less information. Uh, someone absolutely could be slow playing a big hand. Someone was slow playing a big hand, as it turns out. Actually, both guys were slow playing a big hand at different points. We were behind at all stages of this hand, as it turns out, except, except for pre-flop. preflop when we could have raised.
1: But I think what happened here is Gerald prioritized making this easier to play versus like really thinking through all of these things that we're talking about, which is fair. I do that plenty of the time, but I think he kind of fucked it up. I think if he's going to try to make this hand easier to play, he should bet smaller. He should not be betting this size
0: because,
1: because I think he's bordering on a game three disaster when he sizes it like this. And Mm. even if the smaller bets are also game three disasters, at least they're smaller.
0: I think it comes down to a piece of, the, of the data that we don't have, which is what's his image, right? If he's the bluffy guy, this is a way better bet. If he's not the bluffy guy, this is a, I think all your concerns really are legit, right? We haven't seen any, we have no reason to believe he's the bluffy guy based on what we've seen, but we've only seen this one hand, right? But if he also is sort of a crazy dude with a crazy rep, then he can do, then he can get away with this kind of stuff and get value much more easily, right? He,
1: he can get value more easily than if he's not the bluffy guy, but it's still a precarious situation, just situationally. No
0: matter who you are. Okay, but if Victor Blum is making these bets and you're Neil Farrell with two sevens, you're going to call.
1: Yes, I think right. that's... You're going to call with
0: the hand you have as well. You're going to call with six five for sure. You're gonna be like probably I call. Do you win this time, Victor? Let me know. I have no idea. You know, probably he's going to do that. So like, so so the So so it does come down to image to some degree, but. In fairness, we have no reason to believe this guy has any kind of a crazy aggressive bluffy image. Certainly, he hasn't played this hand aggressively. Um, I know he bet turn and river, but still, it doesn't feel like... The aggressive spot really would have been to um, pre-flop or even on the flop. I guess not on the flop because he didn't have an opportunity to like raise or anything like that, which would seem crazy. Don't get me wrong. Um, but like he hasn't done anything that feels like whack and like, oh my God, or anything close to that. right? So, yeah. so, so this, this bet plays really well, I think, if you're Victor Blom. I like to bet if you're Victor Blom or if you're Benny Spindler, maybe even Mark McDonald. But I think I agree with you. Sizing wise, this is really problematic.
1: Do you think categorically you don't want to bet or do you still want to bet?
0: I think if we, if we size down and we, maybe it's easier to get called by those worse hands and we feel like we're going to check call a fair amount of, we would check call a fair amount of small bets anyway. I think it's okay. Um, I don't categorically have a problem with it. Uh, I have a but but I think if we size it in a way that like pocket sevens and pocket eights are going to think a really long time and maybe you're just going to fold a lot and like you said pocket tens plus maybe some of those maybe I fold some of those out by accident but most of those are going to call that's that's yeah. problematic
1: yeah well yeah so ultimately I really don't like this play it yeah turns my stomach
0: yeah. But it's so if not, you bet 200K, you would still hate the play, but you'd hate it less, right? Is that fair? That's about right, yeah. Right, I would, I would like to play it. I, I would be way more on board with the play. In fact, might even like it.
1: So you would like betting 200K better than checking?
0: Um, I think so, yeah.
1: Then you open up a, a whole new can of problems, which are, is a metagame problem of like, do you always bet 200K in this spot? You have to only bet 200K when you have quads?
0: Um. Well, I mean, no, we can, we can sometimes bet 200K when we have quads and sometimes a big, big, big when we have quads. You know, we don't have to do it any one way.
1: But are we, are we get, always betting 200K like, when we have nines then? What'd you say? But then we're always betting 200K when we have hands like nines.
0: Mm, that's a fair point. Well, we don't have that many hands like nines, actually, right? We have, we have, we have seven, nines, eights, eights, and sevens, really, at Sevens, best. eights, and nines, five.
1: tens, jacks are all possible.
0: Yeah, that's true. we we definitely have a balance problem here where we're going to have too many medium strength hands if we bet 200k and we just don't we don't have super strong hands nearly enough and we are going to want to go for big value once in a while right yeah although it's hard to get value from almost anything if we go for big value and yeah. right i mean yeah really really hard like if we move in effectively move in we bet more than the pot what does farrell do with two queens i don't know it's a tough spot for Queens. He probably finds a call. He probably just he probably just feels he has to call. Well, like he's gonna use distribution and just call with Queens. Yeah.
1: So, so like I just I I just really prefer a check with this hand.
0: Yeah. It's it's, it's definitely easier to play as a check, no question about it. Clearly, right? We get to see what everyone else does. We can call or not, we get to see the sizing. Sometimes it's just gonna check through and we just win, and that's fine. Often when it checks through and we win, we weren't gonna get value anyway, which is your point, I think. Yeah, right.
1: Well, he does it. He bets. Yeah, he spits on my face and bets four hundred eighty k and a seven hundred forty k. He's
0: really trying to get called by a six or two sevens or two eights. All right. So
1: now the question for Mark McDonald, who's sitting there with the nuts, is with eight hundred fifty k in his stack, is is it more likely to get called by Gerald if I move in, or to get overcalled by Neil if I call? What is the more likely scenario?
0: It seems to me very clearly the answer is you have to move in because Neil overcalling. Is tough. I Neil, I guess Neil could have like two queens and make the overcall.
1: Yeah, actually, that, I'm gonna immediately disagree with you. I think I think it's a lot easier to get overcalled by Neil than to get called by Gerald if Gerald's a thinking player at all. Like, what does Mark move in with here?
0: I mean, he should only be moving in with quads. You would think, yeah. right? It's pretty face up. Yeah. Uh, but you know, the guy just bet like more than half a stack, so you just think you might be able to get the rest of it.
1: Maybe you can get called by sixes full and fives full, but I feel like those are the only hands you can get called by when you move in.
0: What a disaster to just call! Have Neil fold and, and uh, Gerald to have sixes full. Yeah. What a disaster! Also, d- does Farrell call with queens if it goes back? Call four eighty and call. It's not automatic.
1: It's not automatic. You're right. I don't know. I feel like aces, kings, queens are too underrepped and too high in the distribution for Neil to fold.
0: I mean, you figure you're beating McConnell almost always. You'd be wrong. McDonald, excuse me, almost always. Um, but you still have to beat the other guy who's repping pretty strong because of the yeah. size.
1: I guess. I mean, like, ultimately, it's, it's very hard to get called either way. Yeah. I think it's more likely to get overcalled by Neil than it is to get called by Gerald, assuming Gerald's not a bad player. If Gerald's a bad player and will call with hands like nines, then obviously it's moving different. in is the right play. Yeah.
0: Sure. If Gerald's like a really good thinking player, you're like he's just always going to fold unless he has five four, sixes sixes full. Yeah. By the way, he's not going to love it there either. But he's gonna yeah.
1: Play. I mean, like some some guys are going to find a fold there. You know, like Davide yeah. Katai might find a fold there.
0: I mean, you've got two sixes, and you're like, I guess two sixes are just like I just have to call with something, right? I can't only yeah. call with quads uh, against this guy, even though how does he not have it? Yeah. What a weird spot.
1: <laughs> I think the move is to like tank for three minutes and then call. I think that's the move.
0: <laughs> it's too. In some ways, you just wish you had both you and, uh, or really not you. You wish, um, no, actually, you, you wish the effective stacks were just deeper because then you could raise and it could be a bluff. But here it's it just still, is like so it's hard. Still, really hard. Still, I know, really but hard. it's even harder for it to be bluff now. It's impossible. <laughs> it's like basically impossible. I mean, you know, maybe it isn't for Mark McDonald, but. You know, he's Problem saying he's like, I'm the guy who has quads. If anyone has quads, these guys are good enough to fold. Yeah,
1: everything. I mean, he has way more quads than Gerald, that's for sure. Like, Gerald shouldn't have too many fours, if any. Maybe ace-four suited.
0: Very, very, very few fours. McConnell may, McDonald may even know. I'm just going to keep calling McConnell no matter what. If McDonald may even so. know that Gerald, like, doesn't have any ace-four suiteds in his hand. He may be like, that guy is always three-betting ace-four suited with this stack size from the small blind one. There's an open and a call. He's either three-betting or folding. He's never calling with it. And if you know that... Now what are we even down to? We're down to four, five suited. I mean, there's like almost nothing. I don't so even know if he has four or five there? suited when the effective stack is like 30 blinds. He probably shouldn't.
1: So what hands are we turning into a bluff then?
0: Um, two sevens. That's pretty good. One. Two eights and two sevens or any yes. any, anything with a seven or an eight in it, I guess probably.
1: Well, if, if McDonald actually were to do that, what a disaster that would be for freaking Gerald <laughs> with nines. It's even like another problem with his bet.
0: I mean, we've been talking a lot over the last year and a half about the idea that sooner or later, someone's going to make the bluff where Stevie Chidwick bets all but 5,000 of his chips. And then Sam is going to check raise all in for just 5,000 more in a 2 million chip pot. And Stevie's going to fold thinking there's no way Sam's bluffing and Sam's going to be bluffing. Right. Eventually that's going to happen. It probably has happened, but like, we haven't seen it. Right. Like, this is a good candidate where like we have all the quads and no one else really has quads so much, you know, it's a pretty good candidate.
1: Yeah. Except that he actually has quads. So we don't get to see that play. We don't
0: get to see it, but I'm saying like, what do you ultimately
1: think is better calling or, or moving in?
0: When the guy bets this big, I would just move in and hope it works out. I think both suck. All these decisions are super hard and tough and nothing. And there's no obvious no obvious path with any of them as far as I'm. Well,
1: concerned. it doesn't suck to have a decision where you're guaranteed to be picking <laughs> up uh,
0: like a ton of chips. Of course, <laughs> that's that's fair. I'm just saying it's it's um it's not there's there's an obvious answer to me. Yeah. I would probably move in because he bet so much of a stack. He may just feel I'm hoping he feels committed to the pot.
1: I'm pretty unclear as to which one is better. I think I would move in, but I think I would regret it later and think that calling would have been better.
0: I mean, if you go back to your own thought process where you think this guy shouldn't be betting nines. Yeah. Gerald should basically be betting bluffs, which he probably doesn't have almost any of, and really strong value, which would be like sixes full and fives full. Why not move in?
1: Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. That's what Mark does. He does move in. Farrell has the easiest fold in the world.
0: Farrell was probably going to fold anyway. He was going oh, to fold yeah. anyway. I think so. Yeah.
1: And Gerald has a pretty easy fold too, right? With nines. Like you can't call with nines.
0: I don't see how we could ever call with nines here.
1: You have to just think like, that Mark is like always turning all sorts of hands into bluffs.
0: I mean, if you haven't seen him make this play, you have to just let him get away with it at least once or twice. You know, it's yeah. like, congratulations. That was amazing. It's going to be harder to play against you for the rest of my life and everyone else too. You know, like, and, how are we going to play against you when you do that?
1: Like maybe if he sized it smaller, if Gerald had sized it smaller to initially, he could decide that he induced a bluff, but like he's not giving McDonald any room chip wise. It's really like really unlikely to be a bluff at this point.
0: Right. McDonald is like basically forced to move in from Gerald's point of view, it seems like. And like you just nines can't ever be good. Like McDonald would never do this with a hand that's worse than nines for value. Ever. Ever. Yeah. So that's and cool. Ultimately. And it seems hard to have for him to be bluffing.
1: And Gerald does fold. He makes yep. a decision that I like. Good for him.
0: Yeah, he finally did it. Although you liked, uh, you liked it some, you liked almost all his decisions. Actually,
1: I liked pre-flop. I liked the flop. I liked the turn.
0: See, I hated the river. You just didn't like his one river decision. That's right. So there. So there.